2: You heard that right, Tuesday, not Monday, Tuesday, NBA DFS podcast sponsored by Fanduel. I'm Joe Bartle and joined alongside me as always is Ben Miller. Ben, we took a little bit of a layoff on Monday. There's only a three-game slate going on, so we should be rested, ready, prepared for this NBA podcast, but I'll tell you what, I'm coming to this limping a little bit because the Packers just, they, they, they demoralized me mentally. I mean, we're, we're based in Wisconsin here, so podcast is occurring in Wisconsin if you are not a Packers fan in Wisconsin, you're you're really dead to the whole state. So uh, that that's basically what everyone was doing Monday night, and that was that was demoralizing, I think. Yeah, luckily I was working
1: during part of it, so I didn't have to <laughs> didn't have it, to sort of the it. full pain of how how bad that was. Um, especially you know when it's the Lions, like no one's trying to lose to the Lions. That's that's about as as bad as it gets in, 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 division, in division foes.
2: Yeah. Um, and, well, they kept showing those graphics, too. The Packers have beat the lines like, 23 out of the last 26 times and a whole bunch of things yeah. in Lambo, oh, too. it's like, guys, you know we're going to lose because we have Brent Hundley in there instead of Rodgers. Why? Why do you keep putting those graphics together? It just makes it worse. Yeah, I was reading a bunch of tweets like, I bet you
1: Aaron Rodgers could take like the Browns to the, the playoffs. So people are ripping on the Packers now that And Rodgers you know what? It.
2: Rightfully so. Oh I yeah, completely understand. Rightfully yeah. so. Uh, this was a long time coming, and I, you know we're seeing the... I was going to say benefits. I think we're, we're reaping, quote-unquote, benefits of a roster that is constructed solely around a Hall of Fame quarterback, and yes. this is what you get. But I, I'm prefacing all this by saying... I think the Bucks. That's the reason why they made this game-changing trade at this point of the season, because they're capitalizing on the depreciated Wisconsin market, sports fan market. At least uh, all the Packers fans are just sad, depressed, and they're like, "Hey, well, come on over to the dark side. Come, come watch the Bucks a little bit. We just acquired Eric Bledsoe, who could be a huge difference maker in the Eastern Conference." Yeah, it's, it's a huge move. I think. I think you're right. I think the Packers
1: specifically just. They said, Aaron hey, Rodgers sit out, tank, let's get the Bucks some fans. We're going like, to <laughs> get everyone on the back of the Do you
2: think it was right? a multi sport? Oh, yeah, this is a solution for sure
1: between the two. <laughs> That's a hot take if I've ever heard of <laughs> <laughs> Ted Thompson, he's known for that type of stuff, right? Um, uh, yeah, 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 sure. But yeah, no, huge deal for the Bucks. Um
2: If we're looking at it, we could look at this in a few different things, basketball wise. Yeah, let's start, let's start with just basketball wise. I think it's a move. In a positive for the Bucks, I thought, you know, when the first the deal was announced, we we're still waiting to hear what they gave up. I thought it was for sure Brogdon and part of that. I was hoping it wouldn't be Maker as well. But to see neither of those guys included in that deal, I felt pretty happy as a Bucks fan walking away from that. How about you? Oh, yeah, no, fantastic. We've been trying to get rid
1: of Monroe's, you know, big old contract for, for quite right. a while. Um, and then we're also only giving up... Uh, I believe it's actually even lottery-protected pick. Oh, I didn't hear about that. I think that, that. Okay. was recently released. I'm not entirely sure. But either way, the Bucks are supposed to, you know, right. um, make the playoffs, right? So that's going to be a late right. first-round pick. So. Especially with this move, too. And that's that's what all the Suns want for, too, is, is that first-round pick. Because Greg Monroe is not going to go make an impact when Tyson Chandler, Alex
2: Lenn, <sighs> well, um, Marquis Chris, Bender, Bender like, right. that's, they don't want Right. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Monroe gets flipped again. So then if you're the Suns side, you get an additional pick, likely second rounder if you were to be moving, moving that kind of thing. But you look at it this way, the Suns acquire a, again, to your point, probably going to be a later first round pick. Right. I, especially with this move now, I do not imagine that the Bucks are going to fall to where it has to be lottery protected, but kudos for them for getting that. So the Suns get a late round pick. They also get a salary dump because I'm pretty certain that Monroe's contract is up after the season, so yeah, you're getting rid of – what Bledsoe's $14, dollars contract, and I think it was for two seasons, and now you get that off the books, so that you could entice maybe a free agent to join your team that, you know, likes the sun, likes the, uh, well, sun. I was thinking like <laughs> the warm weather, but yeah, actually likes the sun. The suns, as well. yeah. Yeah. Devin Booker, good piece. Like there's some young young guys on that team. I exactly. Heard. So I mean, that's, I think it was one of those win win moves altogether, and I kind of, you know, was prefacing this with you earlier. Who was it a steal for the Bucks, steal for the Suns, or a win on both sides? And to me, it was a win on both sides kind of move. I tend to more think
1: it was. How, I guess you're right. It's not like a steal. The Suns kind of were put in a place where they didn't have a choice. Like, well, they, they put so, themselves in that
2: place. We'll pr- we'll say it that way. I guess.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, Bledsoe kind of put him. You know, he said, I'm, "I he need to tweeted, be traded. Like, yes. I'm, I'm going to leave." Like, right. So they really had to get rid of him. There was no other no other you know way to do it. Um. And that kind of. Kind of limits your options and in, in what people are willing to give you. Um, so, I mean, that said, Bledsoe fitting in with the Bucks is kind of interesting as well for me. I'm not entirely sure. Like, he's not a fantastic shooter. Um, he's more like a, a ball dominant guy. So when Giannis right. has the ball, it's kind of I'm I'm a
2: little worried on how that's gonna. Um, you obviously you know, would want a guy like Kyrie, who we know can knock down the shots outside and inside um, and, and get his own shot, too. That's the thing. You watch the Bucks and you know Giannis can get his scores, but sometimes there are just five people that are going to all be stiff-arming Giannis to the point where he can't drive into the lane and get his bucket, because he's True, still working on yeah. the outside shot. That's where I think that Bledsoe, he's crafty enough where he's going to be able to find a shot. I mean, he averaged over 20 points last season with the right. Suns. I know that there are more fast-paced, explosive offense than the Bucs are currently running, but... That's where it's like, okay, I think that you can find a way. Anytime you get more scores, like that's what the Bucks needed. They, they needed more scores. Chris Milton is a good good shooter, yeah, but man. I mean, he how many times can he get his own shot, right? right? So I think Bledsoe adds that. And if we're talking DFS purposes, obviously Bledsoe's not playing tonight against the, the Cavaliers. That would be a shock. And I honestly would, would be surprised if Monroe plays when the Suns next take the court. Maybe if it's later in the week, and I'm not positive on that. Um, I would be surprised. Either way, I think that hurts Monroe's fantasy value, especially daily fantasy value, too. Right, right. Bledsoe, I think, is going to be a guy that we can see rebound. I think it's Brogdon that really gets hurt in the long run for DFS purposes because he was a mid-6,000s guy that you could roll out there and say, all right, give me 30 Fando points. I feel pretty good about that. Not the case so much this time around with Bledsoe on board. Yeah, and Brogdon, he's still going to have a very big role off the bench. Um, I think he starts. Yeah, he might
1: even. Mm-hmm. like. I, I could definitely see that. Um but at the same time, the second you bring in a playmaker like Bledsoe, that's that's going to hurt someone, and, and you're right. Like, Brogdon's going to take a hit.
2: And obviously my boy Delvadova, uh, my favorite player in all of the NBA. We've talked about yeah, this last drop podcast. Drop him, get rid of him, wherever he yeah, well, is. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you're really going to be using him in season-long fantasy, and certainly right, right. unless there's injuries or whatnot that occur, you're not going to be using him in, in FanDuel either. Uh, well, let's get to this podcast here. We've got a 10-game slate tonight for Tuesday's NBA DFS podcast. We're going to be changing up the format a little bit, trying to get some of that important information out right away in the podcast, because let's be honest, uh, Ben rambles far too much for you to want to be listening throughout <laughs> the entire thing. So we'll get to some of the key things right away. And honestly, I think it's a good time to bring in Ben's bold takes. Uh, I think we'll be starting out every podcast with this kind of thing. Now, when I say bold takes, I think a lot of people think, oh, he's just going to be talking about how – uh, well, I don't know. I'm just going to throw out a name. Russell Westbrook's going to score triple doubles every single night of the week and oh, whatever else. No. <laughs> uh, that's not what the bold takes is supposed to be about. It's kind of just more hitting you with the important information right away. And when they become injuries, DFS wise, we want to make sure that we're giving you what's the most important thing for tonight's slate. So Ben, with that being said, with all that being prefaced, what's your biggest bold take for tonight's 10 game slate. The best part of this is my bold take to begin
1: with is Russell Westbrook <laughs> will be going off for a triple double tonight against the Kings. You're right. I didn't look at that beforehand and promise it <laughs> like that at all. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, no, last season uh, we saw Westbrook price like the 12, 13 thousands. He's only 10200 tonight. a um, fifth highest price overall. Um, he hasn't gone more than two games a season without logging a triple double. Didn't have one Friday, didn't have one Sunday. He's, He's due. due. He's, He's due. due. Um, pretty favorable matchup against the Kings. Uh, it looks like the 13th most uh, FanDuel points given up to guards, or point guards. Um, so, you know, despite
2: Paul George being there, Carmelo Anthony, I think
1: this is a Westbrook triple-double night.
2: I You know, and I think that it's actually a really important thing to mention for your, your rosters going, just putting them together, all, for today, there's four guys over $11,000. And then there's also guys like Russell Westbrook there in that $10,000 range, so how you want to use Russell Westbrook, I really think, is going to be the, the fulcrum of your lineups tonight. Him, him and Giannis, who we'll get to quite a bit throughout this podcast, is another 11,000 guy that I think you're going to have to make decisions on on how you want to put together your lineup. Another kind of bold take that I think that, you know, I know it's Ben's bold takes, but we'll go ahead and kind of do this together. <laughs> There's some injuries to keep front uh, to keep watch on. I think actually one of the biggest injuries tonight, and you're going to laugh at me when I say this, is, you know, we talked about on last podcast— Dom from Fast and Furious, a bonus. We already know he's going to be out with that right calf contusion. Backup TJ Leaf is like, well, he was ruled out earlier. Now he's been upgraded to questionable with an ankle injury. That to me says he might play, but I'm not sure how many mints you're going to get out of him. With those guys out, that means major mints for Al, Al Jefferson, more mints for Miles Turner. That's a Pelicans Pacers matchup that's at 7 o'clock Eastern Time tip off, where we see Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins both listed at 11,700 and 800 respectively. They could be in line for major points because Al Jefferson has to play 25, 30 minutes tonight. Right, and and that's also going to be a boost for Thad Young. But I agree completely. Like, that's going
1: to be that's a field day. That's a field day for Davis and Cousins going up against.
2: I mean, Turner's obviously great defensively, but like you said, as soon as Jefferson hits the floor, yikes. That's a sneaky injury thing. That I mean, Sabonis has played pretty well this season as a guy that's mid thousand, mid six thousand price takes for most of the year. You could roll him out in your lineup and feel pretty good about it, especially matchup-based, but with him out, uh, with the Leaf likely out or limited, we're seeing a lot of Thad Young, a lot of Turner, but they can't play the whole game, so we have to see more Al Jefferson, and when that happens, you have to imagine the guys like Cousins and Davis are just, you know, mouths watering at this point, because they've been putting up close to 50 fantasy points as it is, and now you're getting a guy that really, historically, has not been a great defender, at least for the better part of his last two or three years in his career. I, I... I think that's a sneaky injury to watch. I also think that, you know, another one that you wouldn't think about injury-wise, it's a Nets-Nuggets matchup again, 9 o'clock Eastern time, so a little bit later on. We won't really find out. Nets played Monday, didn't do very well. Trevor Booker missed that game with a back injury, and then we had Rondae Hollis-Jefferson suffering a hip contusion, and he had to miss most of that game, too. It's a back-to-back game. I don't see either of those playing, so we're seeing a guy like Joe Harris potentially having to step up in a primetime matchup against the Nuggets. Flip side though, your boy Jokic should be able. To prime time for loud points and Millsap too, for that matter.
1: Yeah, I think Jokic, or I think the Nets actually give up one of the, like the the most points. I think the most points to centers. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it's it's right up there. Um, so I, I, Jokic is probably my, one of my favorite plays in the whole night. Like he, I think he's going to absolutely dominate. You're right that those injuries in that in that front court are going to mean pretty big things for Paul Millsap. You know, just like Davis and Cousins with the Pacers front court. I think the injuries on the other side um with the nets mean mean big things for Millsap and and um and Jokic.
2: Yeah, so those are those are our three big takes. I think the injuries in the Pelicans Pacers front and Nuggets Nets front and then of course uh, we kinda of discussed Russell Westbrook in his triple double. I think that's again the fulcrum of your fan fantasy fan duel lineups tonight. And of course Eric Bledsoe being traded. So couple of really big things to really touch on for Tuesday's 10-game slate. Let's get to some of the other injuries and matchups so far. We had the Bucks and Cavaliers, another 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We discussed Eric Blood, so don't need to get into that too much. But Kevin Love, he did practice Monday. He left Sunday's game with an illness. He was forced to go to the hospital because of that illness. And then, of course, we have Tristan Thompson, who we haven't really discussed. He's going to be out for the next month with that calf strain. Cavs are struggling. I think this is a primetime matchup for the Bucks. LeBron James, another higher-priced $11,000 guy. Um, what What's your opinion on this match as a whole? Do you think there's going to be a lot of fantasy goodness from either side? Do you think that it's going to be like a proven game for either Giannis or LeBron? I, there's a lot of different takes that you can have with this game. Yeah, first off with the injuries,
1: um, if, if Love sits out, I think this is a situation where the Cavs will roll out Channing Fry, uh, a guy that they Which did would be multiple huge. times last year. He's a very cheap guy. You can throw in your lineup.
2: Um, Especially in in leagues that that highlight the three-point shooting. Right, yeah. In in, uh, daily fantasy leagues that do that, I think that fries a fantastic play. But it's only if love is out. And I honestly don't anticipate that being the case. Do you? It's just the whole situation is weird with him going to the hospital. I'm
1: not exactly sure what the deal is there. That gives me a pause. But, yeah, I mean, that's something I'm going to wait on for sure. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure what the deal is there. Um, In terms of LeBron versus Giannis, that also... Sometimes I like to look at it as, you know, Giannis is going to come put up his best numbers against one of the best players in the league. Like, he wants to play it. It's a high over-under for this game as well, which is great for mm-hmm. fantasy purposes. But it's, I'm still a little worried about this one. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure I want to use
2: Giannis or LeBron. I agree. I, I looked at it the same way. Again, those are the two highest-priced guys at the small forward spot, two of the highest-priced guys overall. The way these lineups are working out for when we're putting them together— you're going to have a run at one of them, right? If you don't want to do Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins, and we can get to that in a little bit, I I felt a little queasy about it as well. I felt of the two, Giannis is the better play, right? I or, think so. Or are you on board with the LeBron has to do everything for the Cavs to win, so he will do everything? For the no, Cavs. I, I'm like I'm on board with that, but. I still think
1: if if I'm choosing between the two, I'm, I'm going Giannis when they're. I think they're sitting at like the same exact price, almost right around. I think Giannis yeah. is a hundred
2: dollars more. Right. So if, if we're looking at that, I'm I'm just going Giannis. I, I do too. I, it's it's a fascinating one to watch. There's a lot of different things to kind of monitor, especially with that Kevin Love injury. I think both are viable, but I also don't feel confident in both. And it's a weird conundrum that I'm, I'm dealing with, especially when you're putting together your lineups and you're like, well, I like some of these other power forwards. I'm not sure if I want to do Anthony Davis. You know, that's going to be – we talked about John Wall as the fulcrum, and that, that's a pretty good uh, segue into the next one. But I really think that what you want to do with the small forward spots is also a fulcrum for your FanDuel lineup. Uh, I talked about John Wall just previously. He was – well, he missed Sunday's game against the Raptors. He's probable for tonight's game against the Mavericks with a shoulder injury. I think he's a pretty good play, but we've talked about him before in a guy. I don't think he gets that five times the value. He's priced at 10000 plus, so you're expecting him to get 50 points. I know the Mavericks – they're missing Seth Curry. We know a lot about, you know, Dennis Smith already too. I'm not entirely sold on using him, but he's one of those situations where he might be too good to pr- uh, pass up in regards to other point guard options.
1: Yeah. He's priced decently. I think he's just under 10,000. So like 97. Okay. Yeah, right, um, right. I just, I'm not a huge guy on using someone just, you know, fresh off an injury. Um, that's, that's something I really, really try to avoid unless I'm, you know, trying to get someone who's not highly owned. That's, that's kind of when I try and use that to my, my advantage. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got a decent price for, for a guy that can put put up some numbers. But, like, I, I think we talked about this a couple podcasts ago. He just hasn't really had that big game. He's not really putting up, you know, 50 FanDuel points uh, like you'd want from that price. So, I,
2: I'm, I'm kind of avoiding him tonight, uh, personally. It's 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off for of the Mavs uh, Wizards. So, you'll kind of figure out a lot of stuff before Andorian Finley-Smith. Likely to be activated after a six-game absence. Not expecting a huge DFS returns from him regardless. I do expect Marcin Gortat to be the guy that puts together a lot of fantasy points. to mid-5,000 center if you want to go that route. And the Mavericks allow the most Fanduel points to the center spot overall. So I think that that's a, a you, you could feel confident using him, getting a five times the return value for it. I, I don't know if you want to, and that's a discussion for a different time, but Gortat should have pretty good value in that matchup. Moving over to the Hornets and Knicks, Dwight Howard. Uh, it's a 7.30 Eastern time tip. off Sorry, Dwight Howard, right foot sprain. On Sunday, he's still probable to play against the Knicks. Kid Gilchrist, again, out for personal reasons. We're seeing a lot more of Dwayne Bacon we've talked about him before. Then, of course, Batum is close to returning, but still probably two weeks away. So not a lot that really hasn't changed with that. Obviously, we know Howard, if he's going to play, that's great. That means Zeller, uh, Kaminsky, maybe don't want to use them as much. Knicks aren't that great for fantasy goodness, at least not where I want to pay up to the point where Howard's at his 7000 price take. So. Uh, It is what it is, in my opinion. Yeah, and and Zeller actually played pretty well the last game
1: out, Um, so I'm a little worried about maybe more of a split between Howard and and Zeller at that center position. So,
2: um, fresh off an injury, maybe a a slight split there. I'm I'm trying to maybe avoid him as well. Bulls and Raptors, 7.30 Eastern Time, tip-offs. The Moradics and Levines of the world are still going to be out for the Bulls, so there's really not too much to discuss overall here. We'll get to who I like from that match a little bit later on, but... Injury-wise, nothing really to note. Clippers, Spurs, 8.30 Eastern Time, tip-off. Kawhi Leonard, again, still out. We know all at this point who's benefiting from that. We've seen the Kyle Anderson, since we are seeing the Rudy Gays of the world. Danilo Golinari, he suffered an injury over the weekend, ongoing hip injury. Wesley Johnson has been the prime beneficiary. I put that in quotations, though, on our podcast document because, really, he, he's seeing more minutes, but he's not seeing anything else. There's not really much more points. There's not really much more rebounds. A guy that was really primed as the defensive stall when he was drafted, we haven't seen much more Steals or turnovers or well, we haven't seen turnovers, blocks I should say. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, you've talked about how has increase the points on that. That's where you're going to get your value from as a guy that's four thousand, five thousand price small forward. Not really interested in Wesley Johnson.
1: No, not a huge fan either. And you never know with like a guy like Sam Decker in there too. He might steal some of those minutes. Um, it, Yeah. I. If 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 you're dead in need of right a, a tournament play. Salary break, maybe, but uh, otherwise, I'm not I'm not too huge
2: on him either. 76ers, Jazz, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. This would have been probably part of our Big Bowl takes injury note front. Joel Embiid is not going to play. He's getting rested. There isn't really any injury concerns, just kind of taking it easy with him. But because the 76ers are playing the Jazz, I don't know if there's a center option I feel really confident using. Obviously, we know that um, Holmes is going to get the majority of the minutes, I would assume, at that center spot. He just came back from injury himself. We also know that Okafor has not been playing recently because of all the trade rumors and whatever else. Okay, cool. I, I don't feel great about using Holmes against, this, uh, against the Jazz because even if he's getting 30 minutes, I just don't feel good about that. Last year,
1: like the second MB was out, I was plugging Holmes into my lineup like immediately. Mm-hmm. Like no matter, almost no matter who it was because he was so good whenever he got, you know, uh, big minutes. But the Sixers signed Amir Johnson in the offseason. It's kind of questionable who is actually the backup center. You'd think it'd be Holmes, obviously, but the fact that he's freshly, you know, second game off of an injury, you never know if Johnson's going to get those backup minutes versus Holmes. I'm a little worried about that. Like you said, it's against the Jazz, slow pace game. I, I don't like it either. I don't think that's going to be an injury you're you're targeting big time as, you know, a foundation of your
2: lineup. Nets, Nuggets, we discussed that quite a bit. That's not a 9 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. The last game of the 10-game, I'm sorry, 2nd last game of the 10-game slate, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Myra Chalmers, um, he injured his knee Sunday against the Lakers, but he's probably expected to be the backup point guard for Conley. And then, of course, Marcus Gasol, we've kind of discussed him quite a bit. He's also probably with some knee soreness. He's still getting his usual minutes, so don't expect much from there. And the Trailblazers, not too much on that side either. And then the last match of the evening, Thunder, Kings, 10 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. No injuries to note, really, on either of those sides. So uh, full throttle with your Russell Westbrook love. And we'll kind of get to our, our favorite questions here from for this slate of the eleven thousand dollar priced options, Russell Westbrook's not that. So you don't have to worry about including him in there. Of the eleven thousand priced options, there are four. Who is your favorite of the four? As much as I hate
1: to say it, um, I would probably go Anthony Davis. He, Davis is always a guy I hate on just because of his injury history. He leaves games all the time, just nonstop. If he gets, you know, a fingernail, if he, if he chips <laughs> his fingernail, he's going out of the game for like ten minutes. Um, but I still, I still really like his play. Um, you know. We talked about Giannis and LeBron. I'm, we're just not I, I, personally. I don't know. I agree with you. I'm just a little too too worried about that. I, I don't think they're they're that great of a play tonight. And I think who is it? The, the Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers' defense usually just gets killed yeah. by power forwards. Well, when we
2: talked about it you, with the injuries up there too. A little bit more Al Jefferson right, yeah. out there certainly is going to help Anthony Davis and Cousins. I like both. Like it's it's to me just about equal between Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. Again, both are listed over eleven thousand for their price at their respective spot. Then it becomes, all right, if I like both, how do you separate the two? I think Anthony Davis gives you a little bit of a safer floor. Not a safer, I shouldn't say. It's a very rocky floor on both <laughs> on both of those players. He gives you a little bit of a higher floor. He's been consistently getting more closer to 50 points as opposed to Cousins. Now, Cousins did have that 70-point game uh, fan wise just recently. We know what Cousins is capable of. And right. I think, honestly, Cousins benefits more of the Al Jefferson minutes than Anthony Davis would. But at the same time a little bit safer of that higher ceiling that we're looking at with, I'm sorry, higher floor of Anthony Davis. So I agree with you. I'm going there, but it's ironic. This is a bit of a spoiler. Neither of us actually have Anthony Davis in our line, despite being the fact we like him most. So let's get to that next question here, because I think that's the big deal. Which has the overall better depth at the position, small forward or power forward? When I say depth, that means we're tossing on any guys over 9,000 or 9,000 and over, I should say. So, Better depth at this position, small forward or power forward, I think we've already kind of precluded to it with that Anthony Davis love, but not in our lineup. What are you looking at
1: here? Yeah, I really like the – there's a lot of plays at power forward that I, that I like tonight. There's some really solid mid-tier guys. Um, Adam Porter is only 6,700. Thad Young um, with you know Sabonis out, he's going to get like most of the run at power forward. Um, there's also some pr- okay, pretty decent cheaper guys I like there. Jay Crowder. Um, 4400. If Kevin Love doesn't play, I mean, someone's got to get boards in the front court there. Um, Markeith Morris, 4400. I think he's going to be in his third game back. His minutes have slowly increased, like 14. I think 18 the last game. So if he gets a good 25 minutes, he's starting. I think he can be a really solid play at 4400. Um, and then you know, even maybe an, an Amir Johnson if you have to um, with with Embiid out. Um, if you need a serious salary break and a guy that's a near minimum contract, um, I just think there's there's so much more. Um, for power forward, which is, uh, like you said, why we think you don't really have to go Davis, even though I think he's a, he's a really
2: good play. Uh, right. good I mean, like, again, we think he's the best play of all the 11,000 guys, but I'm going to kind of avoid my own questions. Uh, I think that there's... <laughs> you laugh. Stop it. I think that there's a plethora of really, really good, cheap, small forward options that all have their warts, and I think there's a lot more consistent mid-tier 6,000 better matches with power forward, so depending on how you want to set your lineup, both have pretty good depth. I think that you can find cheaper guys, and we'll get to that with our lineups, at the small forward spot. And I think that you can round out your guys with what I like to do, and you kind of found the strategy towards the end of last season when doing DFS. Those 6,000 guys, especially in double-up formats, are huge if you can get the guy that does get the 30 to 35 and has the good matchup. There's a lot of those at that power forward spot tonight. So I I think it's a kind of either-or situation depending on how you want to put together your lineup. Um, well, let's get to the road wire Optimizer part of it. It likes Russell Westbrook. You like him quite a bit, too, against the Kings. 10,200, George Hill. Uh, on the flip side of that is a 4,000 guy going against Russell Westbrook. If he's getting most of the minutes, and that depends on any given night because we like a lot of what we've seen from De'Aaron Fox. Right, right. Okay, you know, 4,000, we, we can make that work. DeMar Rosen is a shooting guard option for the road wire Optimizer lineup. at 8,100, pretty good against the Bulls. I think Bulls are kind of a crap team altogether right, so yeah you know give the guy that's gonna be scoring quite a bit are fine Rodney Hood I'm not so much high on this one at going 4,300 I mean he could do worse obviously against the 76ers you can also do worse but I'm not sure he's the guard to own or watch right now for the Jazz I think it's actually Donovan Mitchell right yeah Hood is Hood really hasn't been what we
1: expected him to be I think he was the guy that everyone you know thought would step up to this step up this year Especially with Gordon Hayward gone. That, right. was, that was the guy, and that has not been the guy at all. Yeah, and Mitchell has just been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think he was a late first-round pick, too, so it wasn't like he was he was you
2: know an expected early contributor. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's been a very nice surprise. It's going off the top of my head, and I, you know, I have a computer in front of me. I should be able to look this up. But I think Mitchell has at least four games now where he's over 20 Fando points, and he's around the 5,000 price tag. So he was the person that I looked at right away in my life, like, oh, maybe I want to put him in there. Found some better options. We'll get to that. But I think that if you felt like using him, especially against the 76ers, go ahead and use that as opposed to a guy like Rodney Hood at 4,300. Small forward, Optimizer loves Giannis. Uh, Going against the Cavaliers, 11,700. Optimizer can separate uh, our feelings about it. So if the Optimizer likes it, I feel a little bit better about using it at a (laughs) high price tag. But, uh, again, I think this is where you're going to have to figure out your lineups. Optimizer loves that pairing between Russell Westbrook and Giannis. Doesn't want to go anywhere else. I think that's in part because of the power forward options. Uh, the other small forward, we'll get to that quickly, Wilson Chandler, 4,300 against the Nets. We'll let you talk about him a little bit more. Uh, power forwards, wow, voice dying right here. There we go. It's, the podcast is done. Voice is dying. It's Tuesday. It's because it's Tuesday. <laughs> we need Monday back. I thought I got the rest on Monday. That's not <laughs> the case, Paul Millsap uh, going against the Nets, 7,400. We talked about that with a couple of those guys out. He should be a beneficiary. Derek Favors. Another jazz guy against the Sixers, forty eight hundred, and then Willie Cauley Stein is the center running at the power or the optimizer lamp at forty seven hundred going against the Thunder. So honestly, it's a similar strategy to what I I put my lamp together. We just went with different guys overall. So I like the idea of where it's going with, and I think with the benefit of knowing who's out, the optimizer would probably be going for some of these guys. But uh, overall, strategies. I, I like it this week. I think it's I think it's a solid lineup.
1: I think one too many Utah players. Uh, that's, <laughs> you can never have enough Utah players. Wait, wait, wait talking th- about. Th- th- he's about two too many Utah players. <laughs> um, I think it's fine. I, I, I like I like Russell. I think George Hills actually an okay. It's an intriguing um, one. Yeah, it, it, he hasn't done much. I, I was looking at his his Fanduel log. Wasn't that great, <laughs> but at four thousand, he's a guy that that's that can light light it up. You know. Um, otherwise. I don't know. I just I don't like Rodney Hood, don't like Derek Favors, but I love Paul out. I love their their mid-tier guys, and that's that's what I think makes that lineup really nice.
2: Well, let's get to it. Let's get to some of our mid-tier guys. We're both on the Russell Westbrook train at the point guard spot. I'm not sure he gets triple-double like your big bold take at the beginning of the podcast suggests. The same time a 10,200 against the Kings, yeah, sign me up. I, I almost wonder... If he's not going to be a guy who gets at thirty percent onage rate in double up lineups, I'm not right. sure about tournaments, but double ups. So you could end up pivoting away from him and probably benefit because I'm not sure he gets much more than fifty, but I think he gets fifty, and I feel I'm pretty confident he gets fifty. So you know, you, again, you could I think you could turn away, but. He's getting fifty at ten thousand two hundred. I lock that one up, in my opinion. This just seems like
1: one of those games where it's going to be like, oh, well, uh, it's just the fir- the first half is ending, and Russell Westbrook is only two assists shy of a triple double. Yeah. Like, th- it just feels <laughs> like one of those games. Like I swear that's going to happen. Um, I'm I'm definitely locking him in. There's there's no way I'm keeping Westbrook out of my lineup.
2: We pivoted at the point guard spot. Um, you won Drew Holiday at seven thousand. I want Kyle Lowry at seven thousand five hundred. Fun fact: the Raptors, uh, you know, pretty good benefit wise with Kyle Lowry. But uh, the Bulls have allowed the most points to point guard spot. Again, it's the matchup for the Raptors. Give me Kyle Lowry at 7,500. I know he's been a bit of a disappointment, I think, this season. We talked about uh, DeMar DeRozan, too, as a guy we liked. I love Kyle Lowry at 7,500 against a Bulls team that cannot stop the point guard spot at all. At all.
1: I do. I I was on Lowry nonstop to begin the year, mm-hmm. and he's just burned me too many times. <laughs> like, I can't go back. <laughs> uh, but I do get that play. I think that's a, a great price for a guy that, that can you know blow up at any point in time. Um, I'm going Drew Holiday. Be ready to talk to Westbrook, obviously. Uh, solid price. Great matchup against the, the Pacers. I think they're in the top half for points given up to point guards. Um, he's really been pretty bad offensively of late. But if you look at his rebound and assist numbers, like the last two games, five rebounds, six assists. The other game, eight
2: rebounds, eight assists. Like This dude is, for a guard, it's fantastic. It gives you a floor that you can feel safe with, and I get that. I've rolled with Holiday in the past and some of our podcasts, too. I get that quite a bit. I really fear, and probably for fantasy benefits, I really fear that Amphi Davis and DeMarcus Cousins go off this game, and I don't know how much there's going to be scoring for Holiday. But to your point, he gets the assists, the rebounds. You don't have to worry about the scoring because he's going to get that floor. Yeah, he? exactly. And I,
1: I think like you said, like Davis and Cousins are going to be the offensive guys this game just because they have the matchup. But if if
2: Holiday does get
1: hot, like he's going to put up some big numbers.
2: I love the shooting guard options you want with your D'Angelo Russell. We actually saw him in the perfect lineup optimizer last night against the Nuggets at seventy three hundred price tag. He's the guy for the Nets, and at seventy three hundred, you're getting the guy. Who has to be scoring twenty five points a night to score or to win the game for the Nets? He's getting the assist. He's getting some rebounds too. Fantastic price. I just couldn't find a way to get him into my lineup. with the other stuff, I I love love D'Angelo Russell. Just can't figure out how to work with the lineup I have. So, you know, kudos to you putting that together. Did you feel like he was a centerpiece that you had to have him in your lineup? Typically, I'm not a guy that likes to use someone on the second night of a
1: back-to-back, but with, with Russell himself, he, I, in the matchup, you know, this is the, easily the highest over-under in the mm-hmm. night. I did. He was one of the first guys I saw on the slate other than Westbrook. I'm like,
2: oh, wow, that's a fantastic price for a guy who's going to lead his team in scoring and assists. In, he, was one of the, he was one of the last guys I took out of my lineup. I had him. I won't say I put him in initially, but I had him in pretty much right away, and I had to take him out due to savings-wise and nothing more. I love his matchup quite a bit, but 7,300. I thought I could find some better, smaller, cheaper point guard or shooting guard options. Will Barton is your other guy at fifty-seven hundred against the Nets. He scores quite a bit. We talked about him a lot last podcast, or I'm sorry, last year's podcast, where he was a guy that he's going to get twenty points a night. It felt like, and you know, against the Nets team, I think that's safe to say there's just so many other guys. And I just say guys, like I, <laughs> I know who the guys are on on the. Well, wait, hold on. Do I? No, I I know them on the Nets, the Nuggets side, but there's so many people out there that are just going to score for that team. So I. I don't feel great about it, um, especially when you look at a guy like J.J. Redick at 5,000. So that's 7,000 less than Will Barton. Fun fact, Ben. Jazz allow the most points, Fanduel points, to the shooting guard spot. I would never have guessed that until I looked at it. Oh, yeah. I definitely wouldn't either. give me God, it's getting 30 minutes a night against the, allowing the most. I, I think J.J. Redick's fantastic, especially in uh, DFS lineups that, that encourage the three-point shooting. I love me some JJ Rick. Yeah, and no, no Joel Embiid to hog you know a, a lot of the, the bulk of the offensive touches. So I think I think you're right. I think uh, JJ's could be a fantastic play at a pretty cheap price. I pivoted also way down to Dwayne Bacon at 3,800. This was the free up to free some spots for Giannis, and we'll get to that in a little bit for our lineup share. You know, you could do worse than a guy that's going to get 25 minutes tonight against the or against the Knicks. You know, that was that was my opinion going against the Knicks. Going to probably get. Twenty-five minutes. I'll take it. At ba- Bacon's had a couple solid
1: games too. I think there was a couple games where he had like eighteen just regular points, you know, and he, he went up a couple times. So I don't I
2: don't hate that at all, especially for being a guy that's in the the three thousands. That's what we're talking about, where you can you can find a little bit of value with the injuries and stuff tonight uh, that you can go down lower if you want to get 2 higher price guys. In fact, really Bacon again. I tried to get Russell on the line. I couldn't went all the way down on Bacon to get some options at the power forward spot, which you discussed earlier. So. Uh, again, I talked about Giannis as my small forward. I'm going with him. Don't feel great about it. We, we talked about that earlier with LeBron. I think they're both kind of 1A, 1B at the spot. But I wouldn't feel great about it either way. Ultimately, went with my boy. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of the, the direction we had to go. So you he, can't go wrong. Yeah, I, you you're, you're right. You're right. And that's how it should be. So Giannis at 11,700. Um, we talked about Wilson Chandler, the optimizer. He's your boy at 4,300. And then Denzel Valentine, 4,200. So you kind of went smaller at the small forward spot. What was that thought process overall? I
1: think I'll be honest. Chandler's probably my least favorite pick that I have in my lineup, and that's that's what you get when you're you're paying down for someone. Um, very poor stretch of games to start November, but I st- I'm still going to stick. I think he like like we said, the highest projected over under. There's going to be stats available in this game. Um, he, he's a guy that can score. Like he, he can he can get hot at any point in time. Score, uh, score in bulk. And when someone's priced so low in the four thousands, I think that's there's at least enough upside there that in a tournament setting. Uh, I'm okay with going with him there. Um, and Valentine, otherwise, I think with David uh, Nawaba going down with like a, a severe ankle sprain, I believe it was, you know, that, that took him out of the lineup. Zips are starting now, but... It's your boy, Zips. Oh, God, him. the worst. <laughs> but no, but uh, Valentine already had 35 minutes off the bench on Saturday. Um, so it, it kind of appears he's going to be one of the ones to to benefit the most from, from Nawaba's absence.
2: Um, okay, well, that's intriguing. I didn't really realize the Valentine thing. Because looking at your lineup, I'm like, A, my lineup's way better than yours. But B, <laughs> I wasn't huge on the uh, Chandler Valentine because I actually put Joe Harris in as my small forward. At 3,200, he's obviously going to be a guy to take out right away if we find out that some of these guys for the Nets right. are playing yeah. tonight. So keep an eye on that, especially um, given where I mean the time of the game, too. I just want to make sure. 9 o'clock Eastern time tip-off for that for that Nuggets and Nets game. You're probably not going to have a lot of information beforehand about that, but if we do know a little bit of an inkling, who's going to be out. Joe Harris got most of the minutes after those guys were injured last night. I think at 3,200, I'll take that because it frees me up to go ahead and pay for Thad Young at 61 at the power forward spot and then pay for Laurie Markin, 6,200 against that power forward spot. Raptors are actually top five along most uh, points to the power forward spot. Markin has been amazing at scoring lately too. Now he's getting more minutes. I like that quite a, quite a bit. I'm getting those root... Or I want to say root town, and that's not the right word, but... I, <laughs> I'm not sure where you're going, with that. <laughs> I, 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 wish, I wish I could have taken a picture of your face after I said that word. Because, <laughs> yeah, you you definitely had no idea what word I'm going for. That's fine. I, I feel really good about the 6,000 price guys. I think they're getting at least 30 Fanduel points uh, that Joe Harris basically allows me to do that. So if Harris ends up not getting a lot of the minutes we see beforehand... I'm actually keeping those power forward guys. I'm paying down my center spot, Stephen Adams, at 6,200. I already didn't know if I wanted him in there anyway, but lo and behold, Nick's allowed top five most to points to center spot. So you can do worse than Adams. Uh, you want to touch on your guys that you have the power forward and center spot?
1: Yeah, first off, I just want to rip on your Marcanin pick a little bit. No, I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I just uh, uh, Bobby Portis is coming back off an eight-game suspension. I'm a little... Worried about that. I don't think... He punched his teammate. They're not going to play Like I said, I don't think he's going to get the big minutes. So I don't think it's going to hurt Marcanin. But in the, in the long run, I think Marcanin's value will slowly de- decline a little bit there. Uh, but
2: 39 I, minutes, 28 minutes, 34 yeah. minutes. He, and the last last game there he had 25 points. Right. And he's the rookie. He's on a crappy team. So they're going to play him as much as possible. Exactly. A little
1: worried. But I love the the Thaddeus Young, young play. I was hoping he was going to be like 52, 5,500 when I was looking for yeah. him. Found out he was 61. Like, dang it, I can't fit him in there. Um, <laughs> but I went on uh, my side the two power forwards. I went out of Porter um, and John Henson. Um, you know, Porter had a pretty good game the last time out with without Wall. You know, Wall still fresh off an injury. I think that could help Porter's usage a bit there. Only 6700. This is a guy that's put up multiple 50 plus Fanduel point uh, nights on the on the season. So I, I absolutely love that play. Henson just gave up Greg Monroe. Monroe got the boot. Let's go. Let's go some Henson. Um, I think if Kevin Love sits out, you know, specifically, uh, I
2: don't think the the Cavs really have too much that, are, that, that threatens. You know, you can do worse 5,
0: digit yeah. yeah,
2: you can do worse at five thousand. I mean, he's not going to give you anything point wise, but right. you're talking about the blocks and the steals, which he's been. Able to, he's had multiple games where he had three plus blocks. Actually, he's had what I'm looking at now four games where three plus blocks. So I think the, the Cavaliers are going to have to be driving into the paint quite a bit. I mean, that's a situation where he could probably get a few of those. You can do worse than 5,000. I think that it's pretty reasonable to expect that he could get 25, but not much more than that. So right. that's where it's like, okay, Thad Young, we know he can do a little bit more than that, especially yep. with those guys out. Uh, I really feel that, you know, Bulls rookie. They're going to have to be featuring him at some point. Yeah, Give me a guy with a good matchup, rookie, that's going to featuring. Yeah, I'll take that. And then, of course, your center, you talked about a little bit before. Yeah, he's probably one of my favorite picks of the whole night. Um,
1: it, matching up against the worst defense in the league that covers centers you know 44 more Fando points in five of his last six games he's kind of doing his thing like he struggled to start a little a little you know a little iffy when he was working with Paul Millsap to begin with but they're kind of in a groove now and I think he's he's in in line for a pretty big night well
2: that does it for us in the NBA uh, Tuesday version of the DFS podcast we'll be back Wednesday to discuss more of it. I think that's going to be a smaller six game slate, but those are always fun too uh you know of course with this podcast love to Love to have you guys make reviews comments on iTunes Stitcher. Ben loves those compliments or, or bashing. He he handles them both he, either way. I can't take the bashing. Don't don't do it. I, <laughs> I, I tear up and cry. All right, just just compliments on the iTunes <laughs> Stitcher reviews, please. Uh, and then of course, this podcast again is sponsored by Fanduel. We love the guys at Fanduel. We, with the new format change, we didn't get a chance to talk about how you did beat me last time we did our podcast. We I both felt had huge, huge nights, actually. I felt pretty good about my lineup. And yeah. then, of course, you had, uh, wait, who was it? T.J. Ward. T.J. T.J. Ward, yeah. Absolutely he was only like fought. 5,100 or something had like yeah. 60 Fandu points. That was huge. So we're tackling tied 1-1. One, one. We love the fact that Fandu was able to provide that for us. We won't be able to have that this time around. So you need to make sure you set your lineup that you have right down right here. Don't make any changes. Even put in a free contest if you have to. So we can compare and contrast tomorrow. Uh, yes. uh, but, you know, love the fact that we can have the contest against friends. Of course, if you want a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker, which, of course, as it states, gives you one million in cash prizes, you can go ahead and go over to Fanduel.com/RotoWire or sorry, slash RW. That's in your first deposit to Fanduel, and of course, void where prohibited. Again, we'll be back NBA. Wednesday, DFS podcast. That's tomorrow, Ben. Woo. Tomorrow we'll be back for that. Back to back. Back to back. Where can the people follow you out on Twitter? You can be at Man doing work. Still the best Twitter handle at Road Aware. And of course, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Back again tomorrow. Peace out.